We made this. Milestones, the podcast about naming ceremonies and birth, weddings and relationships, and funerals and death, right here on the We Made This Podcast Network. My name is Mark Adams and I am your host, and I'm a humanist celebrant, which means I'm qualified and accredited to do naming ceremonies, weddings, and funerals of a non religious nature. This is my podcast based on my job, where I talk to different guests every fortnight and talk to them about their life's milestones. News from me is that with the lockdown restrictions changing, we do now have some interesting information about namings and weddings that humanist celebrants can provide for you. It's not great, but it's better than weddings are banned, you know. We can have up to 30 people in a building that has been checked for COVID regulations or outside, but it does still have to maintain social distancing rules. It also means that people's back gardens aren't enough, and that is restricted to six people. So if you are interested in naming or a wedding, and you can't wait until social distancing is done, you know where I am. While I'm saying that, just a quick reminder that any regular listeners of Life to Milestones Get a 10% discount on a naming ceremony or a wedding from me. All you need to do when you email me is quote milestones in your email for a 10% discount. As always, check out my website, humanist.org.uk forward slash Mark Adams for further information on the services that I can provide for you. My guest this time is Lucy Openshaw and I'll be honest, Lucy is a treasure. She is one of the most humble, honest and decent human beings I've met in recent years. She has a massive heart and what I admire about her the most, I think, is how she acknowledges and fights her mental health issues and sets an example for other people by being so brutally honest in some cases and telling people that it's okay to not be okay. She does so much as well. She's in a band, she does wrestling announcing, and she campaigns for Mind, which is a charity to help people with their mental health problems. So I've got all the time in the world for Lucy, and she is a natural choice for this podcast because she ain't going to pull no punches when I ask the difficult questions. So that's enough for me. I'm going to hand over to my interview with the wonderful Lucy Openshaw. With me at this time is Lucy Openshaw. Hello, Lucy. Hi. How are you doing? Do you know what? I'm all right. Yeah. Lockdown aside, I'm not so bad. Yeah. Well, I had four of these already recorded before lockdown, and the impression we got was that lockdown wasn't going to be very long. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then I wasn't because lockdown was dead long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's still, yeah. We are socially distanced podcasting yeah, at the moment. It's there is over a metre between us. And then there's a, a, a really, I'm surprised at how good the microphone is. So 
Good. It worked. Happy I days. I didn't know if it would. So, you know, socially distanced podcasting. It does work. Anyway, we'll do our guest profile before we start talking about the heavy stuff. Cool. How old are you, Lucy? I know that's quite rude normally. I am 31 years old. Still a wee bairn. <laughs> so, um, where are you from and what's your background? So, I'm from Bolton. Good old sunny Bolton. I've lived there all my life. I don't know why when I say Bolton, my accent suddenly gets a lot more broader as well. Well, that's the thing about accents is I think if you're talking about where you're from, yeah. it's kind of like a subconscious thing. Mm. If I've spoken to my mother, if I've spent any significant amount of time with her, it takes ages to get back to having like an accent that people can understand. My grand is ridiculously broad, Bolton. So every time I speak like to her, I'm just like, right, da 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 da, and I just come out really broad, Bolton again. The Bolton accent's lovable, at least, whereas the, the black country accent just makes you like, sound thick. I like it these days. I never used to, but I like it these days. I mean, it's again, it's probably a stereotype, but there's there's a real kind of warm working class vibe to the Bolton accent, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, it's not very, it's not offensive. Like, hmm. there's not, there's no words that are like, uh, uh, you know, that are said in a, in a way that people can really take the mick out of. I mean, they do. Oh, there's plenty. Um, <laughs> I just think it's quite neutral. It's, it's definitely one of those accents that I think people quite like. yeah. I'm going to say Peter Kay's done us a solid, probably. Because if it weren't for Peter Kay, then people wouldn't really know who Bolton was, where Bolton was, sort of thing. True, true. So, yeah. But yeah, from Bolton, uh, lived there all my life. Background. What's my background? I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. Hit me with some leading questions, Mark. <laughs> oh, what kind of family are you? A 2.4 single parent family? or? My mum and dad are still together. Uh, they've been together for 32, 33 years. Nice. Um, there's just me, my mum and my dad. So I'm an only child, spoiled brat syndrome. <laughs> um, and yeah, we all live together in a little two up, two down terraced house in Bolton. That sounds pretty British to me. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty, we're pretty standard. Northern. Yeah, pretty northern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, family's all relatively quite close. Mm. Um. Yeah, quite quite standard, really. There's nothing really, you know, like oh, we've got family drama. It's just quite normal for us. Mm. Like, yeah. You post stuff with your family on your Twitter. And yes. Your dad is. Oh, he's a hilarious. legend. He's a legend. He's just. He just shameless dumb stuff, which is brilliant, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, he's ace. Like, ever since I was young, he's always been part of whatever I've wanted to do. Mm. So he was um, part of the Air Cadets as a kid. So when I grew up and was ready to go, like, Air Cadet age, he was like, oh, you should go because it did me the world of good. So I was like, yep, cool, I'll I'll give it a go. So I started, and then he decided to join as an adult um, officer. Right. Um, Oh, we just used to have so much fun. Mm. And, like, everyone would be, like, saying that he's, like, their sort of dad figure as well. So he's Mm. got loads of random kids about, like, without (laughs) actually being, you know. And, um, 
yeah, we just have a. We've, he's just a good laugh, and like yeah. we've been in a band together and all sorts. I love that you've been in a band with your dad. He's just, he's a legend. Yeah, mm. he's so outgoing and so it'll give everything a go once. Yeah. Whereas my mum's very much reserved and she likes if it's seven o'clock, you know, she's got her jammers on, she's watching telly, right. Harry's on, jobs are good and good. She's not leaving the house, but my dad, any opportunity for her going out, he'll happily. Put on a horrendous shirt and we'll we'll go out. <laughs> but my mum's very much like a she, she's a home bird. Brilliant. Yeah, couldn't be more opposite. Yeah, but they say opposites attract. Exactly, and it's clearly worked. It's clearly worked. Mm. Yeah, thirty odd years later. Mm. Yeah. So the next question is, what do you do that makes you interesting? We've already touched on the fact that you you're a musician, you're in a band. Mm. Do you want to talk about that and then elaborate on other stuff you do that makes you? Cool. Yeah, play bass in a band. Have done since I was like 13. I started learning. Uh, been in a few bands and done a few recordings here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm also a big animal lover. I've got six cats. That is five more cats than me and significantly less cats than I want. <laughs> we had nine at one point. <gasps> nine cats? Yeah. I yeah. Cats. Sadly, two of them have passed away oh. and one of them's moved out. <laughs> oh yeah she, I love that term she packed up her bags and fucked off across the road <laughs> because the neighbours fed her fresh chicken every day right um, and she didn't like her brother like so I had Ebony and Winston and Winston's a bit of a grump and <laughs> hated Ebony and Ebony was just like oh sod this I'm gone so I still see her every now and then and she'll hiss at us because she's like oh no you've got all them cats and then she'll go wow. back and start sleeping on the bed of the neighbours Wow. But as long as she's happy, that's the main thing. Yeah. We, we, we got her when she was like, I think we got her when she was about seven weeks old, but we got Winston when he was about four weeks old. Mm. So, yeah. I like the <laughs> cats, I like the animals. I like learning, mm. like, and because it's lockdown and there's not much else to do, I've started doing online courses. So I did. Um, good fun, aren't they? Yeah, they're all right. So I've, I did um, mental health within sports the other day because I... I've got that one on my list. Have you? Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it, it's, it's good. Have you done the suicide awareness one as well? Yeah, I did got that. Got that on my list. Yeah, did that. I haven't done it yet, though. I did that actually with Mind a couple of years ago in, mm. in person, uh, but I'm going to do it as a refresher as well anyway because it's a, it's, a, it's a free one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so might as well do it because then... I've done one on Richard Third. Really? Yeah. I just I saw, I, I did some like courses on humanism. And the same website was offering some history ones as well. So I've learned about Richard III. <laughs> I've just joined another one where um, it's about, you know how like people lived alongside Neanderthals and they thought there was only those two crossovers. Mm. They found a third one that was dead little. I can't remember what it was called, but they kind of like colloquially referred to as the hobbits. Right. And so like the contemporary of Neanderthals and people was a third one that they found in um, Indonesia, like about only about ten years ago. No way. People don't know about it, so I started started studying about that. That's interesting. Yeah, these like three foot people that were like living in Indonesia when the Neanderthals hadn't even moved. That's amazing. At that point, yeah. I love that. I, I love random knowledge. I should probably do the suicide awareness one more, more, more as a priority though. I mean, we've got enough time, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've done. I've, I'm doing one about um, equality and diversity. I'm doing a social media sort of how to promote yourself on social media better. Mm-hmm. 
for uh, a new job role that I've got um, as part of a wrestling company. Right. But yeah, we'll compare. We'll compare yeah. courses. Yeah. Compare knowledge. So yeah, and I like I like doing a bit of mental health awareness and all mm. that kind of stuff. And I just yeah. try and be a good egg. Yeah, and you are. I remember you. you you're a ring announcer, a wrestling ring announcer mm. like me, and you did a charity show for Mines. Went down so, so well. And I love the work you do for mental health awareness and stuff. Thank you. Because, you know, it needs to be less of a taboo. Mm. One of the points of this podcast is to make talking about death less of a taboo. But it's not the only taboo out there oh, that yeah. needs to be crushed. Yeah, know? totally. Definitely. My mum worked in a hospice for years. Mm. So death has always been quite a a normal topic for us in a way. Mm. But yeah, I enjoy I enjoy talking the deeper stuff in life. Mm, mm. Mm. All right, let's get on with it. First up, we're talking about birth. Oh. When and where and how were you born? I was born in Bolton Royal Hospital. So my mum was actually a midwife at the time as well. So she was pretty much, you know, delivering me. Whilst delivering me, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> she was advising the yeah, nurses what to do. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. While, while my dad sat and ate a bowl of cornflakes. In the same room? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. They wouldn't be allowed to do that now, surely. Oh, no, probably not now. 31 years ago now. True. <laughs> so, yeah, born in Bolton, Bolton Royal, uh, March the 2nd, 1989, at 5.26am. Oh. Yeah. Right. Specific. Are I mean, you normally early? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Never. I, that's that's it. I'm always I'm always late. So, but I was early. I was early. I was meant to be born on the seventh of March. I was born on the second, so I was early then as well. Probably shot then. Gosh. And that was very little. I weren't very little, but I was little. Well, you're hardly a big girl now. No, exactly. I've not really grown much. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was the spawn of me. Spawn, no, that, that's, that's the right word. There's probably a nicer way of putting <laughs> yeah. it. I was recently referred to because I now do all three ceremony types. I was recently referred to as someone who can do. Hatch, match, and dispatch. Amazing. And I was like, no, no, Amazing. that sounds awful. I like that. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so standard hospital birth, but with your mum, kind of. I love that your mum was advising yeah. the... Uh, she, she was midwife, midwife at the same time. Brilliant. Yeah. So tell us a favourite story about your childhood. <sighs> Anything that, like, we've always had, like, lovely holidays, me and mum and dad, caravan mm. holidays. Mm. That was our thing. We'd have a, we had a tiny little caravan and we'd go all over. We'd go to Wales, Yorkshire, Lakes, Cornwall. And they were just the best holidays. Mm. They were just so basic and you made do with what you could. And we did mm. and we had the best times ever. Like we'd go surfing and, you know, we'd hire wetsuits and just nice beachside yeah. stuff. Uh, like go rock pooling and things like that. And I just, I loved my childhood growing up and going on holidays to, like we'd go to open farms and mm. feed lambs and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, share sometimes with my cousins because I've got um, two cousins on either side who were similar ages to me. Right. And obviously being an only child, holidays could get quite lonely at mm. times unless mm. you like you know it was oh god they used to go and make some friends I'm like, oh, great okay thanks why do parents do that that's an okay thing to say i know yeah yeah go and make some friends yes yeah. it's not a fucking sandcastle no, is it? you can't just get a bucket put sand in it yeah. i've done it 
friends. Uh, yeah. That's such a classic parent. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So What it means is we want some time without yeah. you, sod off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's, there's a young a young person over there. Go over there and go, oh, piss off. Yeah. Oh, I'm all right, thanks. I, I, I wonder whether... I mean, you're 10 years younger than me, but I wonder whether kind of modern parents, there's all this thing about parents being different now. Mm. I wonder whether they are. Mm. I, I still think go and make some friends would be something that, like, people would still be saying to their kids. Now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have children? No. 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 Okay. Do you want children? Uh, not at the moment. And I'm very much... I don't know is the answer. And that's okay, actually. Yeah, there's 90% of me that says no. Mm. And then there's a 10% of me that says, in theory, you are put on this earth to reproduce. But, again, this is different because male and female, being being a girl and from a very young age, you are sort of thrusted with a baby in your arms of a baby doll. And it is all, oh, yeah, look after this. And you want to do this and you will have a doll and you will, you know, have a doll that craps itself, have a doll that burps and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Tiny tears and yeah, all that shit. Yeah. So you're literally forced to have that in your head that that is what you're meant to do. Mm. So do you think that that's, there's more pressure oh, on women to 100%. have children? 100%. Yeah. I really do because it's, at the amount of times I'll get, Oh, so are you having a family then? Or, oh, your body clock's ticking. I'm like, oh, cheers, mate. Thanks. I know. But... Might have been 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. But my you friend had the baby... not 50. Exactly. My, my friend had the baby at 42. Mm. And, you know, she's an amazing mum and she's got an amazing daughter. And I just... It's, it's, very, it's a scary thought for me because... I've seen a lot of my friends have babies and then they're on their own because partnerships break up and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I'm quite selfish. I like my sleep. I like to not have to answer to anyone. So having something that requires me to look after it 24-7 scares the shit out of me. Mm. But then on another side, there's always that thought of, but then it would be different if it's your own. You know, you look into your eyes of your baby and it's just absolute love and mm. all that kind of stuff. I mean, the perception of you amongst people that we both know is that you are a deeply, deeply caring people. So I think maybe some people might be surprised when you yeah. say you don't want kids. Yeah. How do you deal with that as a kind of like expectation? It's, uh, it is a weird one, especially because... It's not pressure from a mum and dad. I don't want to ever say that they're pressuring me because they're not. But there's also, like I said, I'm an only child. Mm. So their only chance of having grandparents is me. Yeah, yeah. Which is deeply upsetting because I know my mum and dad would make amazing grandparents. Yeah. Like, absolutely amazing. Yeah. But then am I selfish for not wanting a baby for them? And no. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. And it's it is a big deal, but I, I I don't know if I want kids or not. I've always said if I happen to get pregnant, I would embrace it and I mm. would follow through with what you know. I would carry and do whatever it comes natural. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because that was what was meant to happen. Yes. 
I have no issues with anybody else who follows any other direction of that. I understand that people don't want babies. They don't, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I do not judge. This is just my own personal sort of, of course. situation. But I have no plans on having any children, at least for the next few years. Mm. I think what you're talking about with, even when parents aren't deliberately kind of piling the pressure on you, there's almost a society pressure yeah. on behalf of your parents. Yeah. So even if your parents are the most nice and reasonable and they understand what, what, what you want, there's still the pressure around society yeah. that you should be doing this for them despite the fact that they're being quite graceful about it. Yeah. And not possibly not to the extent you did, but because I'm gay and the only real way I could have kids is to adopt. Mm. That pressure kind of skipped me and landed yeah. on my brother. Yeah. And they've only got two kids. One's gay, one's straight. Poor David. Yeah. Again, my parents were like yours. They didn't pressurise. Mm. They clearly wanted to be grandparents. I think pretty much everyone does. Yeah. But they didn't pressurise David. And they were eventually, they were grandparents. And I'm an uncle and it's brilliant. And yeah. those kids are fantastic. Even though there was no expectations from my mum and my dad and for me, mm. they still felt pressured, my brother and his wife. Yeah. So do you know of any way that we can change society to to help with that? Because I don't. No. And I work in the industry. Yeah. I don't know. I think it just needs to be normalised that women can do, and men, mm -hmm. can do whatever the fuck they want with their bodies. Yeah. And it's not down to anybody else to say, you should be doing that, you must do that. Because at the end of the day, it's not down to anybody else, but they're the person who it is. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's... Do you think it's as simple as curtain twitchers? Because, you know, you, you see these old films where there's the busybody who's judging everybody, who's not following the perfect, you know, the perfect 2.4 lifestyle... Mm. Do they still exist or are they just a trope in films? And if it isn't then, where's this society pressure coming from? I don't, you know, when you see in films and you see in, it, it's all, again, it's all down to that being a kid, being a, a little girl playing with the dolls. Mm. And if you're a little girl who plays with dolls, then you're following the right, correct thing. If mm. you're a little girl that plays with monster trucks, then, ooh, like, you know, ooh, tomboy. Like, mm. Tomboy, might be a lesbian. Exactly. That was me. I was I was the girl who at McDonald's picked the, like, the, the car toys instead of the dolly toys. Right. And, you know, I think I turned out all right. Your parents would have been fine with you if you were gay. Yeah, exactly. They've, they've said that because, you know, I've not had the best luck with relationships and I've never seemed to have gotten further than actually just dating someone. I've never, mm. 31, I've never lived with a boy, I've never been engaged, I've never, you know, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And they've always said to me, whatever you decide to do, as long as you're happy, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. And if everybody took that sort of outlook on life, it'd be a hell of a lot better. Yeah, Because people wouldn't so. be thinking, oh, well, you know, you, you might miss out on having, ba you'll regret it when you're older and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but at the end of the day, whatever I decide to do, there will always be an, uh, an element of regret. Because say if I decided, right, I'm going to have a baby. That's 18 at least years of mm. my life dedicated to a child. I could have gone traveling. I could have done whatever job I wanted to do. Yeah. I could have saved up. I could have got an amazing house. I could have done this. However, on the other flip side, if I don't have a kid, 
and I have all these amazing things, I'll get to 60 and be like, we should have had a kid to share this with. What you're saying is you can't win. No, you can't win. There's no winning either way. So you've just got to do what's right for you at the mo- at that yeah. moment, I think. And at that moment, for me, if I got pregnant, it'd be the scariest fucking thing in the entire world. Mm. I'm scared of what it'd do to my body. I've got a massive fear of being sick, so morning sickness would freak me the fuck out. Right. What about cravings? Cravings, uh, I'd be interested for that because I don't like eating anyway. So if I got a craving for something and I was like, oh, I've got to eat this, it might do me some good. Um, Fish fingers and ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not good with medical side of things either and like having blood taken and all Mm. that kind of stuff. So it is genuinely the scariest thing that could happen to me right now. Mm. I've got a partner, but I know for a fact that he's in the same situation as me. I mean, you've obviously thought about all of this quite deeply. Yeah. And um, that's all that really people should expect of anybody. Mm. And I'm glad that you've spoken out about it because this podcast isn't about the perfect naming ceremonies, the perfect weddings and the perfect funerals. It's about talking about these three milestones in people's lives. So thank yeah. you so much for that. My, my best friend's having a baby and I'm going to a baby shower on Saturday and I'm dead excited for her. And I'm well happy for her. And then I look at her and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so scared. Like, but I'm so excited for her. And she got married last year. And, I, I, you know, she's doing things in the, in the inverted commas, the correct way. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, that society expects. You meet someone, you get engaged, you get a house, you get married, you have a baby. And that is sort of what's drummed into you mm-hmm. as the correct way of life. And mm. I couldn't be more happy for her. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not how my life's panned out. Yeah. And we're both happy with how everything's going. So. Yeah. And, and in this job, I come across people who have progressed in that kind of perfect, in inverted commas, way. Mm. And then you come across weird and wonderful families and peculiar couples and an old fella who almost everybody hated him, but if you knew him, he was the best person. Yeah. And... I love all of these stories equally Mm. because it's about being true to yourself and it's about making yourself and the people that you care about happy in life. Mm. And I see nothing but that, whatever people choose to do with their lives. When I see these three major life uh, milestones, these three major life milestones in people's lives. There's a reason why it's called that, you know? Yeah. All right, let's move on to talking <laughs> about weddings. First question is nice and simple. Are you married? I am not married. You're not. So do you want to get married or do you believe in marriage? I do want to get married. I would love to get married. Again, it's something that's sort of drummed into a kid at a young age, especially girls, that their wedding day is going to be the best day of their lives and mm. everything like that. And yeah, just to celebrate your love with somebody. Mm. I Personally, for me, I would rather have a wedding that is not as specific, I don't know how to explain it, more more casual mm-hmm. with basically declaring your love to each other mm-hmm. and without the law side of things. I know that sounds ridiculous. That sounds like a humanist wedding. Yeah. Because, or at least a current humanist wedding. Yeah, like I went to a wedding once when I was younger 
And basically, I listened to the vows, and all I heard in these vows were, I'm going to love you until you fuck me over, and then I'm going to take all your money. That's how I heard it in my head. And it was basically like, that's not what it was, you know, that's not obviously what it, what it was saying, but it, in the nicest possible way, it was, I will, you know, look after you, blah, 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 until, you know, it all goes tits up sort of thing. Mm. And I just thought, that's not how I'd want mine to go. I'd want mine to be all about the love, all about me and this person. Nothing in regards to laws and rules and mm. religion, because I'm, I'm not religious. Right. It would just literally be a ceremony declaring my love for this person and that we were married. Mm. Again, I don't I don't know what the whether you could do that without it being like a law thing. I don't I don't know. You can, that's what I do. Is is because yeah. I literally have no idea what the whole situation <laughs> is. Like I'm not gonna lie. Well, the whole situation at the moment is that humanist ceremonies, humanist weddings aren't legal in this country so it is a completely bespoke ceremony that is written for you that becomes a personalized thing Mm. but you have to go to the registry office to make it official yeah yeah we're currently campaigning to for equality so that humanist celebrants will have the same opportunity to do legal marriages that vicars do and other religious leaders do Mm -hmm. and that's actually gone to the court very very recently amazing but at the moment, what you're describing is exactly what I provide because I can't legally do anything else. Yeah. And I, I want to talk to you about your perfect wedding, but I also want to go back to something you said about a girl's perfect day. And it is always a girl's perfect yeah. day. It's never said to a guy that this will be the best day of your life. No. This will be your perfect day. No. And in my experience, I've done a lot of weddings. Some of the guys are indescribably happy, yeah. and possibly even more so than the, the than the women. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a weird inequality yeah. that straight men aren't told to expect their wedding day to be the best day of their lives, but straight women are. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. I, I don't understand it because it should be a day for everybody for whoever's involved in the wedding, mm. you know? Both parties, male, female, whoever, whatever, you know what I mean? And it should just be a day where the two people that are in love, no matter who they are, mm. have the best day celebrating their love together yeah. because that's what it's all about. And from being a kid, you are, again, from being a, a girl as a child, mm. my experience... You know, again, you get the Barbies that are on their wedding day and yeah, you get yeah. you put the pillowcase over your head and you pretend that it's a veil and you try on your mum's wedding dress <laughs> and all that kind of shite. And Did you do all those things? I mean, I tried on my auntie's wedding dress. <laughs> um Sitting like Sicily in a wedding dress. Exactly, do the whole thing on friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But there is the whole thing of it is a bride's day and it shouldn't be like that. It should be both because the guy should get to get so excited about suiting mm. up, wearing mm. what he wants, you know, choosing everything like this. But it is it is just ingrained in you that it is a day for the bride. Yeah, and I think it's wrong. I mm. I love ensuring in my ceremonies that it, there is equal coverage of both partners and that um, 
they both have equal vows. There's very, very little I will say no to, mm. but to honour and obey, I will not. No. I won't do that. No. It's not it's just... It's the obey. It's that word. Exactly. Obey. It's, I think that's what I meant when I said about that. I went to that wedding and it was all obey and yeah. until, you know... That's exactly what it was. It's not just the religious element that that, that that is historically from for me. It's the fact that I genuinely believe in true equality. Yeah. And the idea of me endorsing a couple where one of them obeys the other, that can fuck right no, off. No, I agree that, That's completely. a hard no. And yeah. You know, I, I would do pretty much anything you asked me to. I would love a weird and wonderful wedding where I have to, I don't know, dress like a... Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek or wear <laughs> leather bikers or whatever, anything that would make their day more personal, I'll do. Yeah. But that's one of the very few things I'll say no to. Yeah. Yeah. Obey. It's such an awful word. Mm. Because it just, it's as if, right, well, I say this, you must do this. That's not what equality is. No. And that's it, not what a real relationship is. Like. No, 100%. So, yeah, I'd definitely, I'd write my vows 100%, or I'd have help with writing vows, mm. should I say, because I'd probably just go, I love you, just be with me forever. Dead nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had a couple recently. They wanted to write their own vows, and I said to them, right, so what we'll do is we'll make sure that they balance about right. So, both of you go away, write 300 words-ish, and then send it to me, and I'll check that they balance, but you won't see them till the day. Right. They were so in sync really? that they didn't know what the other one had written, but they both broke the rules and doubled the word limit. Really? They both did exactly the same breaking of the rules, and I loved That's that. Adorable. And I, I sent them an email and I was like, you two are amazing. Look at you breaking the rules together. And that's so lovely. Yeah. And they still, obviously, they haven't seen the bands. They're... They won't see them until next year now because bloody COVID. Yeah. But I, I've got these two. I, 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 when I send them drafts of the script, I send them separate ones so they don't see each other's best. Yeah, that's <laughs> adorable. It's nice, isn't it? That is lovely. Yeah. I've always said that when I walk up the aisle, however, I also don't think that it should just be a woman walking up the aisle because then it's all eyes on her. Yeah, it yeah. should be the guy gets... I watched um, uh, Married at First Sight Australia the other day mm-hmm. and some guy... The woman walked up the aisle on her own. Well, she had a father giving her away or something. Yeah, yeah. And stood at the aisle and she was like, well, fuck's my husband. And he came out on a horse and I was like, go nice. on, lad. Nice. Go on, guys. I mean, go on, guys. It was great. It was great. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that was fun. There are lovely things you can do to play with the aisle idea. Like you can have two aisles on either side where they come down together. You could have the, the groom come down to his music and then the the bride come down to her yeah. music. You could have them walk down the aisle together. I've had aisles where they've had the mum on one side and the dad on the other side. Yeah. And that's the thing, is if you're not conforming to a norm, mm. you can play with that norm and make it yours. Yeah. I've said that I'd want my mum and my dad to walk me up the aisle. Lovely. Because they're both equal to me and I adore them both equally. And I want them both to be like, <laughs> she's yours now. <laughs> um, and I've always said that if my husband-to-be doesn't cry when I'm walking down the aisle, I'm turning back round until he does. Because I want I want him to look at me and be like, oh my God, you're so amazing. I cry. If not, then I'm going back and we're doing it until you cry. 
<laughs> Even if I have to call you a wanker, walking down the aisle until you cry, you're crying. Or at Pinch least, him on the yeah, arm to make sure he at cries. Least I want some emotion. I'm <laughs> I'm a very emotional person. And I think to share emotion is is a big deal. And I think so. I like to be able to show my emotion and mm. not feel guilty for showing emotion, if that makes sense. I agree. And... Yeah, I think a, a a partner who can show emotion is one of the most important things in the world. I think so. Yeah. So, you've got your mum and dad walking down the aisle. I do. You've got your fella crying from tears of pure joy. Of course. What else would be involved in your perfect wedding? I'd like a beach. Nice. A nice, quiet beach somewhere. I love the beach. So, if anyone says to me, where's your perfect place? It is a beach of some description. Never done a beach wedding. Do you need a celebrant? I definitely will do. Nice. Book you in for God knows when. And I just, I love, I love the beach. I just, I love the calming of the waves. I love everything about it. And I just like, like, even if it's a beach in Cornwall or if it's a beach on in Thailand, it, Oof. I'd love a beach. I'd love a beach wedding. Mm. Probably barefoot as well because, like, you know, I'm not wearing heels, let's be honest. Well, what you like on your bloody wedding. Exactly. Yeah. And I want a lovely, floaty white dress that's lacy and nice, made with a bit of purple in it, because I love purple. My bridesmaids are big, grey or purple dresses. Not quite as nice as your frock, though. Oh, God, no. And I, I make <laughs> sure that they were all lovely as well. I pick my ugly friends. <laughs> oh, do you know what's really bad, right? So, my boyfriend, uh, his little brother is a drag queen. Right. And he is the most pretty drag queen in the world. And I was like... We get married. He's gonna outshine me, isn't he? Could have him as a uh, as a bridesmaid. Exactly. He's gonna outshine me. I've done a wedding where the best man was a woman. Exactly. He's gonna outshine me though because he looks so frigging blood, bloody brilliant. Smear his makeup. Or I know. Something. Exactly. Yeah. So all my bridesmaids have got to be ugly. Um, <laughs> I'm totally joking. All my friends are beautiful, so they're just gonna have to, you know, I'm just gonna have to look more beautiful. They come out wear face masks or something. It's my day. See, my day. It's not my day. It's our day. The day. It's the day. <laughs> um, I want it relaxed as it could be because mm. I don't. I don't do formal anyway. Like anything formal freaks me out. Like going in churches and all that kind of stuff. I don't like quiet. I don't like being in a room where there's lots of people and it's quiet. So mm. I hate going to the cinema because it's quiet at points in the cinema. Don't like the theatre because it's quiet and everyone's crammed in. I just don't like it. I'd, I'd rather go to somewhere where you can talk and be natural. Mm, um, mm. I understand that, obviously, during a wedding there are going to be quiet bits. But, you know, I don't want one of these 45-minute long bloody ceremonies where they're throwing water at each other and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. And some, some ceremonies I've done have been that long. Some ceremonies haven't even hit 20 minutes. Yeah. It's what the couple wants, as exactly. far as I'm concerned. yeah. I'd rather have it nice and easy, quick and simple, with a bit, you know, just just nice and chilled. Just chilled. It's all about being chilled and happy. And then partying good food afterwards, yeah? Too right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. My dad's speech would be amazing, I know that for a start, because... I can imagine. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, looking forward to that. Yeah, just just nice and chilled, nice and relaxed. No airs, no airs and braces, is that the yeah, right one? Yeah. Like, you know... Wear what you want. Every wedding I've been to, I was bridesmaid last year and the year before. Mm. Straight after the ceremony, I put my hands on. Good. 
Good. And that's that's exactly what it should be. It should just be, you know, have your pictures done, look all nice, and then just do what the hell you want after mm. that. Mm. And just, just to be nice and chilled and full of love and just happy. I agree. That yeah. sounds pretty good. Yeah. I do a, um, a playlist as part of the uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the, any kind of music that you ever mentioned goes on the playlist. Have you had to think about what you would have for your first dance or what you'd like? I really like the song by McFly, Love Is Easy. <laughs> Brilliant. Have you heard it? Oh, yeah. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. It's still McFly. Though. I know, I know. But it's a beautiful song. But the other thing that I was thinking is, say, if me and said partner had a certain song. So I'm not, mm. I'm not going to talk about my current partner because we've not been together too long. Yeah, but if I'm... he hears this, he might freak him out. <laughs> but... I remember you got together so recently. Yeah. He seems lovely. He is. He's, he's, he's bloody amazing. Mm. Yeah, I've fallen, fallen quite hard. Um, Good. But if we had a song as a couple, mm. then I would potentially speak to, I would try and get hold of like the management of the band whose song it was and ask them if they'd do like a like an acoustic version. Because obviously you've got your concerts through music and yeah. stuff. Oh, that's great. So, for example, mine and Connor's favourite song is, is, a, is a, a band called um, Ed Shikari. Mm-hmm. And our favourite song is a song called Satellites. And it's it's just a beautiful song. And I would love to hear that as an acoustic version. And, mm. you know, that, something something along the lines of that. Like, make it just nice and so it's completely personal to you two. Yeah, yeah. that's a lovely idea. Yeah. It's a shame that MTV don't do the unplugged thing anymore. I know, yeah. Yeah. That that's a really good idea for wedding stuff, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could come up with something. Yeah, maybe, maybe we've maybe we've made maybe we've just come up with the idea that we'll make our minions. That'd be amazing. A lot of money in the wedding industry. You know what? I know a lot of people as well who who are in bands. I know wedding bands. We just need to get it recorded, mm. put on it. Right. Might not put that on the podcast. Might no. Keep that off so people don't nick our idea. Yeah, yeah. And maybe take the bit off about mine and Connor's favourite song as well because that might freak him out. <laughs> 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 so yeah, we'll leave it at McFly's Love Is Easy. <laughs> Okay, let's now move on to talking about death. Okay. People think this is the sad part of the podcast. I'm not sure it is. I think it's actually quite a very positive thing. And it would be a really kind of, a real cop-out if we just talked about the two nights. The happy bits, yeah. Well, we just hatch and match. Yeah, exactly. Without this batch. Yeah. It's part of life though, isn't it? It really will. Exactly right. It's the only inevitability of part of life. Anyway, are you scared of death? Um, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I'm scared of dying alone, Mm. but I'm also worried of someone seeing me in my most vulnerable state, and that's what their memory of me will be. Right. So I have panic attacks, and when I have a panic attack, I will not let anybody be near me. Mm -hmm. And I sort of think of it as the same sort of situation, as I don't want someone to see me that vulnerable and in that much of a bad place, but then I also don't want to be on my own. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm not able to make that decision on my own because I'm, you know, incapacitated, is that the right word? Incapacitated, yeah. Yeah, then, you know, please, someone be with me. Yeah. But 
again, it, it, it does scare me because I don't know what I would want at the time. Mm. Because, again, I don't want anyone to see me in that most vulnerable state, but I don't want to be on my own. That's a paradox. Mm. Weird, isn't it? Well done, Lucy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do understand what you're getting at. It's such a difficult thing to even be able to envision. Yeah. Yeah, because you just don't know how it's going to happen. No. I admire people that say that they're not scared of death. And it's been about 50-50 so far. Really? Um, I'm petrified of death. Mm. But I think a lot of what people have said is that it's not so much they're afraid of death because they're gone. Yeah. It's afraid of what that death will do. Yeah. To other people. Mm. And yeah. No, that scares me as well. Like, I've seen, you know, we've all seen it when someone dies and how much it can affect people. Yeah. Have you ever experienced the death of someone close to you? Yeah. My granddad, when I was 16, 17. That's, um, that's quite old for a granddad. Most people lose their, their grandparents when they're about 10 or 12. Don't yeah. They? Yeah, I've still got two of mine as well. Good grief. Uh, one of them 93 this time. Nice. She's fab. Oh, she's brilliant. 93-year-old um, grand. Oh, she's mega. She's earth. <laughs> it hurts more when you lose someone who's young. So mm. when I was 21, 22, my friend died. He was only 19. Good grief. In a car crash. When I was 19, my friend died. She was 18 from domestic abuse. Good grief. So, yeah, I've experienced it a fair bit. Um, like I said, my mum used to work in a hospice. Yeah. So it was just, it was quite normal to talk about death and, you know, what, what people wanted to do mm. when for their end of life care plans and things like that. Yeah. But it's just when it's someone so young and it and it just, you know, takes you by surprise because people aren't meant to die young. That's the whole no. that's that's the thing. It's people are meant to have their life and live their life as best they can. Mm. But to be eighteen and killed by your boyfriend. Yeah. In fact, when I mentioned earlier about my friend who was 42 who had a baby, yeah. that was her mum. So, right, right. Uh, so Amy died when she was 18. Um, and then a few years later, through uh, IVF, uh, Amy's mum then had an, another baby. Oh, that's they'd amazing. been trying for years and years and years. That's amazing. And they're a lovely little family. They live in France now. They never, ever forget about Amy. Mm. She's, you know, part of their world. That's amazing that they got that second chance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think, weirdly, because I'm quite young for a celebrant, I've had more than my fair share of younger deaths. Mm. Uh, parents seem to want someone a similar age to yeah. their, their son or daughter that's died. So, you know, you, you have, for example, a 40-year-old guy who had a climbing accident. Mm. I was approached directly by his parents because they saw my profile on my website that I was a similar age and lived in the same city as him. And I wonder whether that's just purely coincidence that that's happened with me a few times or that's kind of something that would actually correlate. Yeah. Because vicars tend to be old yeah. and celebrants also tend to be older than me. Mm. Not all, but I'm, I'm 41 and I'm considered young as a celebrant. Yeah. So, 
you can't begin to imagine what it's like for someone to lose their child when that's never what anyone would ever expect. No. It's just shit, isn't it? It is just shit. Like, there's no other way of putting it of it is just shit. Mm. Because people haven't had chance to do their lives yet. They haven't had chance to have experiences. And 18 is no age. No, no, it's not. It's just... Yeah, it's just shit. Isn't it? Yeah. So, have you decided what you want when you die? Have you decided if you want to be buried or cremated, for example? Well, so, I've been thinking about this. I want a gravestone. Okay. Or something along them lines. But then I also have seen where you can be buried and made a tree, which I think is lovely. Mm. However, if that if I was being buried, right. I'd want all my vital organs taken out, so I've donate them anyway, mm-hmm. so that I definitely can't come back to life. <laughs> okay. Because how terrifying would that be? I mean, it's, it's never happened. I know, but it um, might. only happens on the telly, love. I know, but it might. Okay. So... I don't want to come back to life, but I've seen it where you can be a tree, where you can literally go in like a grow bag yeah, and you can become a tree. And how beautiful is that? That is cool. And there are like alternatives to just being buried and just cremation yeah. now that people are investigating and more kind of modern funeral directors are very much able to provide for you, you know? Yeah. I'd want, I always said like, there was a part of me that said, do you know what? Just feed me to the lions at Nose's Safari Park and then I'd be a good meal at least. You, you can't do that. That's, I know. That's illegal. I know. But if it was legal, then I'd rather be, you know, I'd rather a big cat enjoy me than me just going to worm food. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. No, I think I'd want to, I'd want, I'd want all my organs taken out and do with them what you please. Yeah. Whether you want them or not, I don't know. Um yeah. smoked since I was 16, so probably not. Um mm, Smoking doesn't affect your eyes. That's true. That's very true. I'm sure there's plenty of good Lucy bits that could be used by other people. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I hope I just don't go to waste. Yeah. But yeah, I'm on the donor list so that that, yeah. that does happen, hopefully. And yeah, I'd want, I'd want something positive to cut. Like like tree idea. I, I love that idea. Mm. Like a woodland burial then? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, or... Oh, God. So, Mindana. God bless her. Oh, God bless her. So... I don't believe in God, I don't know why I say that, but you know what I mean. A lot of people do that. I actively have to stop myself. It takes a real kind of special level of pedants to give a monkeys about that. Yeah. So when my nana died a few years ago, uh, she was cremated Mm. and we got her ashes. So she has three kids. So the ashes were split three ways. That makes sense. However... When we got the ashes back from the funeral director, they were just literally in a bag. And my mum was like, okay. So my mum got out the baking scales in the kitchen (laughs) and weighed out my nana equally, in equal measures, so that each child had their cut of A Tupperware (laughs) full of of man. (laughs) <laughs> it's fucking horrible <laughs> but I was just like that is so my family <laughs> like what are you doing weighing out your nana like alright <laughs> you can get these really lovely like little urns yeah. and little boxes and but no 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 Tupperware's full of yeah nan. and we literally so we've got um like a tree for it um, in like a memorial <laughs> garden 
So we all went and like spread some of her ashes at the tree, and mm. then it freaked me out that I got some of her on my hand, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've got ashes on my hand!" And you know, it... you know what ashes are, don't you? Oh, you don't. No. Well, you know it's not like fire ashes. You re- you'd really don't know. Okay, so oh, no. when they go into the fiery furnace. into the fiery furnace, as you want to call it, <laughs> everything goes except. Any bits of metal, like uh, and bones, hips yeah. and bones. Crushed. It's it's crushed bones. Oh, lovely, nice. So yeah. you had your nan's bones on your hand. Look. Lovely. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I it's all right. Resist. I mean, it's knowledge learning every day, aren't we? <laughs> um, yeah. So um, that was that happened. But it's nice that we have somewhere we can go and think about her sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, of course. So I know that. I think my mum's still got a fucking teaspoon of her somewhere um, in the house. In a Tupperware. In a Tupperware. <laughs> um, some of us at the Isle of Man. Uh, really? She loved the Isle of Man. Some of us at the tree. Some of us at Bolton Wanderer. She's got about, I swear. Good. Um, but I think that's sort of what... If I'm being a tree, I can't really do that. I can't really be everywhere. I, you can't really just chop off an arm and set fire to it and be like, right, we'll put her arm on the beach. They wouldn't separate your bits no, they crenulated no. you anyway. But well, I could, be, could I be a tree if I've been burnt? Yeah, there's no reason why you couldn't have couldn't have your ashes be part of and planted as part of the, the yeah the soil. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. See, I'm quite frank and open about stuff like this, mm. like because it's just you know it's just part of life. I don't, I know that a lot of people don't and would probably get offended with me you talking about me nana being measured in the baking no scales no. My mum will die when she hears about it. You can't believe you told people that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lucy's yeah, mum. So do. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think you can do lots of stuff with ashes. I know you can have them in like necklaces and rings and all sorts. Yeah, I know you? an artist who puts it into paint and then paints a picture of the person. You can have it tattooed as well. I you can. You can. You can get people's ashes put into tattooed. Yeah. Ink. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure I'd like that. And no, I love I tattoos. But... Yeah, I would have, no. Like, if Kevin dies and can't, I want his ashes back and I want something made with his ashes sort of thing, like like a, like a necklace or something. You could have a gigantic tattoo of Kevin made with tattoo ink that's got Kevin bone in it. Oh, God, that's horrendous. <laughs> I don't think I've, oh. Yeah, but then I'd be carrying it with me all the time, I you suppose. Would. And that's quite adorable. <laughs> that's the thing. It sounds morbid and then you think about it, is it morbid? And then yeah. you go back to thinking it's morbid. Yeah. And I just don't judge people on what they want to do with the memories, essentially, because yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. And then I just, I like that there's options out there for yeah. people. And one person's morbid is someone else's genuine solace. Yeah. You know, so... People deal with death in different ways as exactly. well. Exactly. Like, I remember when my granddad died and we were all at the hospital and he had a heart attack straight out of the blue and we were all at the hospital and uh, we were outside, I was on the smoke and he was like, and my mum was like, oh, right, so we're going to have to uh, make funeral arrangements, aren't we? And I was like, should we just get him poached? <laughs> went down like a shit storm but it made her laugh at the same time yeah, yeah, yeah. it made her laugh made my uncle look at me like in a really bad way but you know it got a laugh out of that, and that's mm. the main thing I obviously didn't mean it because no. 
Also a legal Lucy. Yeah, exactly. You have to follow the right laws. But, you know, you've got, you've got to have a laugh with things. I think so. Some things might offend people, but some things might also make someone's day better because you made them smile. More ceremonies than you would think. More families than you would think have asked for a hefty dollar perfumer yeah. to be in the ceremonies for their loved ones because they were funny in life. Yeah. They want to kind of continue that vibe. If someone was a joker as a person, mm. kind of makes sense that yeah. their funeral would have a laugh as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you decided what reading you would like at your funeral? Oh, I've never even thought about it, you know, actually. I don't know, actually. This is the one that most people struggle with, actually. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe some lyrics or some description from like a favourite song or something. Mm. Um, because I'm, I'm not really much of a reader and I wouldn't have a quote from the Bible because that's just not me. No. I'd probably have lyrics of some description, mm. but I don't know what. I'd also probably have something like, so when I did Fight the Good Fight, I did them little cards with like numbers for like mental health charities on it. And on the back of right. it, I wrote on it something like, if you think today is the worst it's going to be, it's only going to get better. Yeah. Something like that. Something, you know, if you, if you, if you, think, that, if you think that things can't get worse, that means that they can only get better. So maybe like leave, rather than have a reading of someone else's work, leave something to be read out at your own yeah. ceremony, yeah. your own funeral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a really nice Probably idea. Probably end with like, don't be an arsehole and just, and just be full of love. Mm. You know, like I, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a one that's particularly deep and meaningful because that's not really who I am. It's it, mm. it'd just be me, sort of, you know, enjoy your life mm. as long as you're not hurting anyone. Go, go, go and have fun, sort of thing. I don't know. I had one ceremony where the the family had received a letter that this lady wanted to be read out at her funeral, and they gave it to me and said. We don't want to hear it until her funeral. Right. And I read this lady's letter out and made him all cry. Really? <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. But it was so powerful. Yeah. Reading out this lady's specific words yeah. at her I think funeral. That's lovely. Mm. Yeah. I think you're onto something there because yeah. I've seen it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want something that's just generic. Because mm. I don't think I'm that generic, really. Like you're really not love. No, I don't. I don't feel like I've, I am. So I'd want something a little bit different. Like mm. whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But which you know, I think it's a good thing because it will make people remember you. Yeah. Yeah. So music for your entrance, your reflection, and your exit. I oh. bet you've got them ready for Do me. No, I don't. Lucy, oh, um, I know. Um. When I was younger, I wanted Faith Hill, uh, the one from Pearl Harbor. Right. My mum can't listen to it now without crying because she just thinks of me. <laughs> um, okay. I remember my, my friend Dominic, um, he was, I think, 19, 20 when he died. He had a car crash. And as we were all walking in, he had Don't Worry, Be Happy, which was just okay. brilliant. Good. That was lovely. Something, something upbeat and I don't particularly want people leaving crying. Right. So I want people to cry because, you know, I'd be gutted if no one cried. Like everyone just went and had a stern face, like, mm, she's gone, whatever. <laughs> but I'd want something uplifting to 
for people when, like, you know, when you're, I don't want the curtain closing because that freaks me out. I really don't like that. Don't have to have it? No. I just think that's very much like, you know, gone, goodbye sort of thing. Like, mm. I don't like that. I'd rather I'd rather people walk out and be like, see you later, to my coffee, than, mm. than have to wait for the curtains to slowly close. Yeah. They're usually foul curtains as well. Depends on the crematorium, yeah. but yes. Yeah, they're usually awful curtains. And, oh, I went to one funeral and the walking out song was the whole music that was when I used to work in a call centre. I was like, bloody hell, that's not happening. No oh dear. Um, so it'd have to be something relatively uplifting and nice. But I, I, I don't know. I would have thought you'd have had a bang in. I know. I'm annoyed, that I, I'm annoyed now that I didn't get them get get it sorted. <laughs> yeah. I've got my three in a playlist. Go on. Well, this is, it's not about me, but I've got, my, I've got my three in a playlist that I've made public so anyone can find it yeah. if anything happens to me. Like it's that. called Mark's Funeral Playlist. Incredible. <laughs> I love that. But um, I love how you can have exactly what you want. Mm. People don't quite realise that. It, there's this, it's run by a system called Wesley, which is essentially get a track, put it in a queue, mm-hmm. and it gets played one by one by one mm-hmm. throughout the day in, in the crematorium. It's completely and utterly... Foolproof. Mm-hmm. And so you can have literally anything you want. You want the Coronation Street theme? You can have that. That's amazing. I've had that. Yeah? And one, of my, one of the funerals I've done. That's incredible. You, you, you want the theme tune to Friends? You can have that. I've had that. That's amazing as well. Yeah. That was the funeral where um, everybody turned up in a Friends t-shirt because it was his favourite programme. Oh, that's adorable. No, no suits. Everyone just wearing Friends t-shirts. Yeah. No, I don't like the suit situation. I don't want anyone in, in the whole black shebang because, I don't know, it's just, again, it's very it's formal and I'm not formal. No. So, you know, what's your favourite telly programme? Corrie. There you go, you could have the Corrie yeah. thing. Yeah, love Corrie. Bit love Corrie. Friends. Bit of Friends. Yeah. <laughs> so no one told your life was going to be this way. You're telling me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my God, and everyone had to clap. <laughs> did they clap at the funeral? They didn't clap oh, at the funeral. Oh, no. They'd have to clap. They would have to clap. <laughs> I love that. That I, I do love that you can literally do whatever you want. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's your final goodbye. It's your final thing on earth. It's actually one of the hardest parts of my job is talking to people regardless of whatever ceremony it is. Can I have this? Yeah. Can I have that? Yeah. Can I have this? Yeah. Really? I can have that? Of course you can. Convincing people that they can have what they want is one of the hardest parts of my job. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this family were over the moon when they realised I was deadly serious that they could have the fucking friends thing. And it meant the world to them. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I really (laughs) like that. So, Lucy, thank you so much for being on Life's Milestones. Where can people find you on the internet? Ms. Lucy Openshaw. MS Lucy Openshaw. On everything, pretty much. On everything. On everything. Uh, my Twitter. Face, Twitter. No, I'm not on MySpace. Uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I think I've even got a LinkedIn. These TikTok. Days. Oh, I'm on TikTok. All of the, anything that isn't Twitter or Facebook, I'm in trouble. So you know, TikTok, Tout. Who's what's Tout? Tout was Tout dead. What was the other one that's dead as well? Face party. Vine. Vine. Yeah. You on Vine or no. is that gone? I think, no, no. 
But you are on bloody TikTok, aren't I'm you? I'm on TikTok, yeah. Fucking TikTok. Yeah. I love a TikTok. <laughs> Any other plugs before we say goodbye? Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, just everyone be happy. Mm. That's not a plug. It's just a, it's just a, just be nice and be happy. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Lucy, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. One more time, thank you so much to Lucy for being my guest this time on Life's Milestones. And I said it at the start, she's brilliant and I love her honesty. And this is a bit of a running gag. She's another musician, two, two, two shows in a row. And I still haven't done the the playlist on Spotify. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do a lot of stuff. I'm busy. But um, I will do my best to get that sorted as soon as possible because it... Am I even allowed a running gag on a show that's got quite serious subject matter? I mean, I know we have to laugh, Lucy and I, chatting about various things, but <laughs> is a running gag appropriate? If it's not, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but I'll do my best. I'll get that sorted when I can. Before I go, I just want to quickly tell you about a new podcast project that I'm working on. I'm podcasting with one of my best friends, and we've worked on so many things before. If you look hard enough, you can find stuff with me and Fraser Summers all over YouTube and various podcasts and goodness knows what else we've done. But our latest project is a much more daft kind of a podcast than Life's Milestones. But I hope you'll indulge me and let me explain what we're doing. We're doing a podcast called Right in the Childhood. And it's it highlights the difference in generations between our friendships. I'm tail end of Generation X and he's tail end of Millennial. And it means that there's about a 15 year age difference between us. And that means there's about a 15 year age difference in the kids' telly that we watched when we were growing up. And Right in the Childhood, the idea is one of us picks a treasured telly show from our own childhood and we rewatch it ourselves and see if it lives up to our memories and we also show it to the other one for the first time and that person goes in with a completely fresh perspective and we see whether these shows are as good as we remember them or whether the fact that they're a bit naff hit us right in the childhood. We're launching that at the start of August and it will be the first Wednesday of every month where we'll be taking it in turns to look at something from my childhood and then something from his childhood. First up in August, it's my turn and we're looking at the tripods. And then in September, it's Fraser's choice and we'll be looking at recess. So if you like kids TV and you want something a bit more chilled, a bit more daft, a bit more light-hearted, then give us a go because we can't wait to bring this podcast to you. If you want to check us out, in the first instance, while we're still getting everything set up, the best bet is to just have a quick look at our Twitter and follow us on there for all the updates at RITCpod on Twitter. And that's all we've got time for this time on Life's Milestones. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time. Life's Milestones is a podcast by me, Mark Adams. Follow me on Twitter at MarkAdamsHC. That's also my handle for 
Instagram. If you're looking for my website, it's www.humanist.org.uk forward slash Mark Adams. If you're looking for my Facebook, it's Mark Adams Humanist Celebrant. All the information on how to use me as your celebrant is there. The show's social media is at Life's Milestones on Twitter. Other than that, I am just using my celebrant contacts for the show. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Elsewhere, and we made this. Pull or pass. Across these films, obviously, Spider-Man in the comics, he created his own web fluid and had, like, wrist-mounted mechanics. Um, he actually has that as part of his body in this. So every yeah. every time he's swinging, it's, 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 it's mucus or snot or spit. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little touch. I, again, I think... It, from memory, that's from the ultimate line as well. Like, oh, is it from the ultimate? Yeah, literally, like, it drips. It feels like that's what it should have been in the comics. It wasn't. Everything happened in the ultimate Spider-Man. The Giddy Carousel of Pop. Skipping through a few pages and we get to a two-page feature is Bluey Sum, the two-hit wonder. Can you imagine what incredibly tedious company <laughs> he must be? So... Oh, watch out, Baloo's about. Hilariously throws his female press officer in the swimming pool twice. Oh, how she must have laughed. So, uh, yeah, I just really took a dislike to this guy. And especially with the way he signs off with, I'm a decadent rock and roller. You just, just get de- you straight down the dumper now, you. Frame to frame. The essential magic is the principle is exactly the same. The projected images is is the essence of it, no matter what kind of form the individual films themselves take. So it's the idea of making making peace with the past while also not being bound by it, I think is yeah. is moving. It's it's a massive love letter to cinema as a whole as well, isn't it? It's it's looking back at some of the historic films and, and films that have been before and it's it is just a love letter it's looking back through those rose tinted glasses check out all of these shows and more on the we made this podcast network <laughs>